I'm Marco Werman. This is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. I follow a lot of Twitter feeds for this job, and the one we're about to talk about is one of my favorites. It's written by political comedian Andy Barowitz, but he plays the role of North Korea's young leader, Kim Jong-un, or as Borowitz calls him on Twitter, Kim Jong-number-un. We don't know much about Kim, neither does Andy Borowitz. Let me make it clear what my relationship is with, with Kim Jong-un, because I don't want to exaggerate it. Um, I am really just channeling his thoughts. I would not pretend that I was elected president of North Korea. Of course, <laughs> right. neither, neither, neither was he, though. So, I mean, we're sort of talking about <laughs> level playing field. Um, what it was was, as a comedian, Kim's father, Kim Jong-il, was such a gift. I mean, I my Borowitz Report book in 2004, I did a, a blog of Kim Jong-il. And when he passed, it was such a loss for comedians because we we loved him. And I wanted to give something back. So uh, Kim Jong-un comes on the scene. And I thought, well, let's just get this ball rolling. And so in January, I set up this um, Kim Jong-number-un Twitter feed. And, and now it has something like 120,000 followers. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I, I confess I, I am one of them. Um, give us, <laughs> give us a, one of the tweets uh, that you wrote. It's actually a tweet that came out a, a month or so ago about the Apple Store because I think it really sums up the really neat sense of humor that delivers through. Well, could you could you read it? Because it'll sound so much more official coming from <laughs> with your voice as opposed to mine. If an Apple store opened in North Korea, there would be rioting because people would think they were selling apples. Yes. Well, you see, this is a perfect example of the feed because it combines sort of our stereotypical view of North Korea, which our only view of North Korea is stereotypical because we don't really know what's going on there. Mm. But it combines that with, I would say, extreme bad taste, which is, I think, another sort of uh, signature of the entire feed. With 100,000 plus followers of Kim Jong number un, is the humor working as kind of a sugar-coated pill to raise Americans' awareness of these big topics? Well, I'm always nervous whenever anybody talks about the stuff that I do as as performing any kind of public good. I'm always <laughs> nervous about that because it's far from my intention. I'm really just trying to get a laugh. But, you know, the fact is whenever you do anything that gets a laugh, the only reason it gets a laugh is because there's some kernel of truth in it. And so even though I'm never trying to improve the world in any way, I, I really think I'm more part of uh, the problem. I think that's my role. I think that um, people are certainly more aware of North Korea as a result. This is the most prominent North Korean Twitter feed in the world by virtue of the fact that North Korea doesn't allow people to be on Twitter. So this is as close as we're going to get into a, a window into the Kim regime. Now, sometimes, Andy Barowitz, uh, the Barowitz report seems to morph with uh, Kim Jong number un. Like you're, <laughs> you're going after now you seem to be kind of pitting Kim Jong un against Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker. That's right. Kim will often retweet links to the Borowitz Report. And I think the number one retweeted tweet about the Walker recall was actually from the president of North Korea. And tell us what that, that one was. That I don't have it well, in I front think, of me. I think in a word he said, I sent Scott Walker my best wishes uh, from one brutal dictator to another. It was just very simple. It wasn't clever or anything. It was just really kind of a statement of his, I guess, commonality, his, his sense of collegiality with Scott Walker. He felt that Scott Walker should have given him some credit for some programs that are a lot like the programs in North Korea, Such for example. Um, well, cutting lunches for school children. Mm. Anything that involves eliminating food, Kim Jong number one feels that he has some authorial intellectual property rights on that because it's a big specialty of his. 
Yeah, it, Yo, Scott Walker, congrats. Uh, Kim Jong number one writes, I'm always stoked when a leader who deprives children of food stays in power. That's right. The famine theme is big. Yeah, the Apple Store was uh, touched on that too. I mean, the fact is there's a, a rotating menu, because I shouldn't use that word, but um, <laughs> list of things that you can joke about because we know so little about them. Nuclear weapons, of course, that was a real low water mark for the new regime when right. that rocket failed. And mm-hmm. I think he tweeted obliquely about it. He said, um, I swear this is the first time this has ever happened to me. <laughs> I think that's what he said. He was just a little bit, a little humiliated. Andy Barowitz, he's in charge of the Barowitz Report and the Twitter account Kim Jong Number Un, which we can link to at theworld.org. His latest book is an unexpected twist about his experience with an obstructed bowel. You like the light topics, don't you? <laughs> now that is a funny book. <laughs> Andy Barowitz, thank you. Thanks, Marco.